So, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson's landslide victory in Britain's December general election made Brexit more certain than ever, although much of the results on that particularly are still up in the air. One of the aspects of uncertainty includes what lingua franca would be used among EU citizens. Post-Brexit, for example, English may no longer retain its status as one of the EU's official or working languages, even if it survives as a a so-called lingua franca. Uh, It makes us question what even that means today and if it's something that can be decided top-down. Professor Juan Moreno-Tonero from the Department of Economics at the University Pablo de Olavide joins us on the line. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me. Let's just get the background then. How did English become the language that was used at a working level of the EU? Well, first of all, uh, English became an official language in the European Union when the UK joined the Union. Uh, That was back in 1973, uh, I believe. Uh, But that is something that happens with all the other official languages. So each time a member becomes part of the Union, this member has the right to decide on a language, and the the European Union will accept this as as an official language. Another thing is how a language becomes a procedural or a working language. And there is nothing written about it, and it's mostly a natural consensus. And indeed, it is the case that by now, de facto, English is considered the working language in most of the European Union, although French and German could also have similar status as procedural languages too. The thing is, when we're selecting a language um, per se, it's uh, a decision that may be made considering various factors, including politics, but what language is actually used on a, on a daily and weekly basis when connecting with people from other countries, it has to be a practical solution. Uh, and, and English just so often is that practical solution, isn't it? I agree, I agree. But, and nowadays, uh, English is by far the most spoken language worldwide, not only in the European Union. But it's true that this was not always the case. And in particular... Uh, uh, German and also French have been very important country uh, languages um, in, in the European Union as a whole. And in particular, I mean, one funny thing is that if you think about it, three of the of the cities in which the European Union has uh, official buildings, uh, namely Brussels, Estrasburg, and, and Luxembourg City, have French as an official language. At least it's one of the official languages in those three cities. So uh, there are arguments in favor of all these languages, but I fully agree that at the end of the day, it's mostly a practical issue. And by now, de facto, a lot of people um, good, uh, uh, have communication in English. This is a fact. Yeah, I mean, it's something I've noted as an aside quite a few times that tourists from, say, China, when they're in Korea, will often use English uh, as a way of communicating. And it, 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 right. it, it's a bit bizarre in a way that this language from so far away has become the kind of lingua franca in that situation. Um, if we were to consider alternatives, though, German and French, for example, they were both languages that I studied when I was at school. But I get the feeling like they're not necessarily being widely taught around the, the world as a second language. What, 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 is the, uh, what is the situation there with, with German and French studies? Yeah, well, so I can, I can essentially give you here mostly uh, personal experience and anecdotes in the sense that I, you know, I was living in Belgium for two years and I was unable to have 
conversations in French, even though Spanish and French are closer than Spanish and English. But similar to the example that you gave, I uh, yeah, was always initiating conversation in English. So that was like a natural instinct for me. And I believe it's a natural instinct for a lot of people uh, from a generation onwards. Um, I guess that this wasn't the case uh, some time ago. So, for instance, the generation previous to mine, Spain, were all uh, studying French in school. That gradually changed, and by now it's, it's, it's a fact that people communicate in English, and, and, and it's, it's, it's the lingua franca worldwide. Um, what are the reasons why this became the, the norm? It, it's hard to say. But I guess, uh, you know, simplicity played a role in, 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 in the U.S., and, and most of the pop culture emanating from, from the U.S. is also helping in this process. Uh, the Internet was also an explosion in the last two decades that is uh, having English widespread everywhere. So by now, it seems indeed to be the case for the most practical language to be considered as a lingua franca. Yeah, when we think of uh, history, of course, there have been times when French in particular has been very widely spoken from North America to Russia, for example, is a, is a language that upper classes would use, uh, perhaps as a way of showing their their status. Uh, that, uh, is that history almost irrelevant when we're actually choosing the language going forward? I wouldn't say it is irrelevant, but by now it's becoming less and less important, right? So, uh, so I can give you an example. When I was a when I was a teenager, it was impossible for me to watch an origin uh, moving in, in its original language here in my hometown in Spain. Even in, uh, on TV, uh, all, all movies and, and, and TV shows and sitcoms were dubbed into Spanish. So that was actually a policy in the dictatorship in Spain in which uh, Spanish was supposed to be considered as, 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 as a sign of pride. And, and, and it was pretty much enforced uh, that, that the Spanish was spoken widely, especially in, in South America, and we wanted to have this as a sign of a strong country quote-unquote, right? But that gradually changed, and when democracy came to Spain, it was a way of converging towards uh, the, the, you know, the world out there. And, and gradually, it became a normal issue to, to start speaking English, and schools adopted English as, an, as, a, as, a, as a compulsory language. And, and, and during my generation, speaking English became a plus. But in that generation of my kids, it'll become a minus if they don't speak English properly. And did history play a role in this? Uh, well, it's hard to say, it's hard to say, but I'm, my point is that in this globalized world we live in today, history is less and less important, I'd say. Politics sometimes comes into it, as you implied there, that the need to preserve Spanish in movies, for example, uh, or, or to use Spanish uh, as a way of making sure people are not overly exposed to foreign languages. And, and Spanish, by the way, of course, is very widely spoken around the world still today. But but this idea of English being about England isn't really the case. The, if anything, of course, it's uh, American-dominated globally. And, and other countries and regions have taken ownership of English. And, and, and we see in Singapore, for example, uh, its right. own version of English. Uh, in fact, in the European Union, researchers have been questioning whether this new dialect of Euro-English even emerged. So can we say that they've already taken ownership of their own brand of English without having to have the connection to the UK and the European Union? 
Probably yes, but if you think about it, the European Union uh, by now only has one country uh, with English as an official language, which is about to... I mean, this is not entirely correct, because we're going to deal with, with the cases of Ireland and Malta at some point. But if, but if Brexit happens, and that seems to be the case in weeks from now, uh, there is the issue of whether we should keep an official language, given that the process is, as I said before, that each time there was a country becoming a member, this country decided the official languages they wanted to consider the European Union. The UK decided English. Then one might say that Ireland uh, didn't decide English because it was already there, and then they went for Gaelic. And the same might, be, might have been the case with Malta, right? They went for Maltese because English was already there. But now that uh, the UK is going to be out, are they going to keep English as an official language? Uh, well, some people might think this as a formality, but it might be something uh, stronger than that. Because one possibility, for instance, would be just to ask the Irish to select themselves English. But there might be a political issue there. Would it be feasible to replace Gaelic by English, for instance, as an official language in the European Union? That might not be sustainable, politically speaking, domestically. At the same time, if you would allow uh, Ireland to have two instead of one official language, namely English and Gaelic, then there might be the issue with places like Spain, where, as you may know, we have four official languages, not only one. Right. We decided to use Spanish for the European Union, but there's the issue with, especially now, with Catalan and also Basque in Galicia. So what are we going to do? So it's not an easy uh, way out. It may be something formal, and I fully agree, because at the end of the day, Getting back to one of your pre previous questions, it's, it's a practical issue. Do people speak English or not? They do. They seem to be um, uh, collaborating and, and, and communicating quite efficiently by using English. Are we going to rule against that? that? That would be unsustainable. But at the same time, there are some formalities that, has to, that have to be preserved. And in the case of the European Union, that may matter. Now, I fully agree that, that English, as we, as we consider it now, it might be a whole different concept in itself that might be, if not fully, at least partially independent from the UK and even the US, as you said before. It's a really fascinating subject for people, even here in Korea, when they decide which second or third languages to elect. Um, Professor Juan Moreno Tonero from the University Pablo de Olavide, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me.